distraction. <laughs> distractions, distractions, distractions. Shiny object. You know, you're just sitting there and, and somebody hangs a little shiny object like Matt just said <laughs> in front of you and all of a sudden it's like, squirrel! <laughs> you know, before you know it, the whole day oh, goes right. just sideways <laughs> because you've got distractions. You know, welcome to the locker room. It's Tuncher Wolf in the locker room with Matt Williamson. Lam Martinez sitting down on the controls, and he's already been poking the bear this morning. <laughs> <laughs> but he does it very, very well. No doubt. So, all right. So, distractions indeed. You know, we were just talking. Have a little conversation as Dale was exiting. Right. Dale Lolly exiting the studio, and of course, Matt is staying with me, fortunately, so that everybody's not uh, having to listen to just me alone, which would be utter <laughs> terror on my part and a lot of empty, <laughs> silent space. But <laughs> the uh, distractions are the one thing coaches cannot stand. Yeah, I mean, oh, Matt, yeah, tell it. me about yeah. distractions and what front office people think about it. The one thing I really learned hanging with Dale so much these last couple years that I never thought of this angle about distractions is – your quarterback's holding out or whatever, or AB's doing things funny on his own or whatever. That means the others that are there get a microphone stuck in their face and they have to answer for it. You know, right. like, do you think Cam Hayward and DeCastro wanted to talk about whatever AB was up to when AB was doing AB things? Like, that wears thin on the guys that didn't do anything wrong and have nothing to do with it. You know, I mean, that's just one angle that I'd never thought of until then. The other part of it, of course, is just the coaching side of it of – can I count on this guy or not? Is he is the team the most important thing to him? And not every player of the team is the most important thing to them. I mean, I get that. I mean, these guys have their own brands and they're doing their own thing. But we're trying to win here together. And can, is he going to be there? Is he going to know his assignments? You know? So, I mean, you've been around it more than me. But distractions make coaches crazy. And I think a big reason why, and this is very stereotypical, coaches are very rigid, very creatures of habit. At noon on Wednesday, week two, they want to be doing the same thing they're doing week 12. You know, like, this is where we're at. This, And that's why last year was so strange is you're playing games on Tuesdays and Wednesdays and stuff. You know, it's strange. That's exactly the point. Last year, yeah. when you think about all the problems, and, you know, I was I, starting with Tennessee. When Tennessee had the, the COVID problems, I was right up front. I said, Stop with the the start and stop stuff. You yeah, know, right, you, right. If right. you can't line up on Sunday, you can't line up. You got to forfeit. Yeah. Well, the NFL went through that you know one year and they're like, okay, that's enough of that. Mm-hmm. You know, and I truly believed that I was correct last year and what I was stating because of the fact of this: when you got players with five day routines, four three when you're four sure. three out from a game, you disrupt that and you you put players in jeopardy or have a sense of uh, you know not being ready to go when the, when the, you snap and I, I gotta tell you 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 talk to the guys and guys on a on a rush hour Wednesday playing a game at an empty Heinz Field Stadium <laughs> right. I mean it's it's crazy it's you know really I mean? crazy it's really unfortunate so those distractions are one thing but there's other distractions that come just like you were referring to and that's guys having to answer for the actions of teammates that's a problem that has to wear on you that wears on you a great yeah. deal yeah. you know I mean I remember just on one with Franco Harris when Franco held out and everybody yeah, okay. was coming along and saying, you know, what do you think about that? Well, you know, who cares what just, I think about it? Yeah, I mean, it has I mean, nothing to do with me, right? Exactly. Right. You know, and that's the point. You know, the the reporters are just doing their job. Right. They'd love They're to talk to Franco, job. but he's not there. You know, eighty-seven. You know, this player strike in eighty-seven. Oh, you know, it's like they stick a mic, and you're like, you got 
major distractions going on mm-hmm. there, you know. But the point is, yes, you want to have a, a solidarity with everybody in the in the locker room. Now, there's going to be distractions. It's the human nature. It's the, the way things go. And more now than ever, because everyone's on Twitter and the world's so small. Well, and social any little media, blurb, right? Yeah, yeah guys start airing all sorts of things. You right. go back to Martavis Bryant. Yeah. You know when he said, uh, you know, on Twitter or whatever it was on social media, he said, "I want mines." You know, I, I want my. You know, he wants his payoff. He wants his targets. You know, mm-hmm. and you know, back in the day, we never had outlets like no, that to right, express. Right. And even if we did, you weren't going to take it. You know, I mean, <laughs> right. it was a whole different less animal. power back then. Yes, obviously, too. way, way right. less. You know, and less of a voice. Exactly. So, so what's your take on James Washington? Obviously, mm. you know, just. The interesting thing to me is that, um, you know, just having known James somewhat, you know, just in conversation. Sure, sure. He's been around a couple years. He doesn't years. strike me as anybody that wants distractions. He's not Seems somebody like a that, you farmer, know, businessman. Yeah. yeah. I mean, like, he's, he's very a tough, tough guy. guy. He's a yeah. straight line, um, you know, going to negotiate and do what he's got to do. But he's going to perform. And uh, I, I just find some of this a little bit uh, distracting. A little bit, yeah. And for lack of a better term. What's kind of funny is... Over the offseason, I brought this approach to the table a couple times of how I would handle James Washington before any of this came out. And I think it's a little unique in that I often look at things through the team and front office's perspective of how can we maximize our salary cap and put together the best roster. And I had said over the offseason, I kind of feel for James because most teams, he's probably a three and a regular contributor and on the field a lot. When they brought Juju back, all of a sudden he gets bumped to four, and now he's got a contract coming up. So where I'm going with this is what I would have strongly considered months ago was extending him. And, you know, by today's NFL standards, he hasn't made a fortune yet. You know, his big contract's coming up. And I think you'd go to him and say, James, we love you. You know, why don't we give you a signing bonus now, add two or three years to your deal, Juju's probably going to leave after the year. This isn't going to be the best year for you to show off to the rest of the league. And you put some money in your pocket now and show extreme faith in the player. You're a stealer for the long haul. You go into next year with Washington, uh, Claypool, and Johnson, which sounds pretty darn good. It may be a fifth-round pick in the mix or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I mean, and then you get him at a better deal, too. You know, If he hits free agency and you got to compete for him, you probably pay him more than that as opposed to him getting his money now where you have a little bit of cap space. And I guess you could still take that approach. But I hate to be so coarse about it. He's the fourth receiver on your team. And I could see why he'd be frustrated, not mm-hmm. necessarily because you're behind Juju and the other two, but you see Ray Ray McLeod out there and you got to be thinking, I'm better than him. You know, like I should, I deserve snaps over that guy at least. Mm-hmm. Um but the, the reality of it is, and the, the business side of it, and the course side of it is, the Steelers can just say, oh, you're interested in a trade? That's nice. Get back to practice. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. Like, he really doesn't have any say, any power. And because he's up after the season, his contract's up after the season, if you're a receiver-needy team, maybe you should send a fifth-round pick to the Steelers. But that doesn't help you win now. And what's another fifth-round pick going to get you? Not someone as good right. as Washington. I just don't think it's a good business move to move them. And my whole take on this right now is it's really a whole lot of nothing. Yeah, I mean, there's, it's there's, all said and done. You know, if there are some back-channel conversations going along in this whole matter, mm-hmm. you know, whereas, uh, you know, like Dale was talking about, 
earlier with uh, maybe the agent, and the agent is voicing sure. private conversations he's had with James. And James is, you know, and here's the thing about it, too, and I, I express this, having had an agent, a couple agents, and going through the, the whole thing, um, you know, sometimes the agents take it upon themselves to speak a little bit more mm. than the player wants. Right. You know, and it's like, uh, wait a minute. Now, I understand the Lee Steinbergs and all the other guys, but sure. you know, bigger guys and you know, highly successful. And but right, for, right. for most guys who are, for me, like a you know middle of the road uh, offensive lineman, just you know playing it out, twelve year guy. Um, you know, you, you you don't want distractions. You just want to get a solid deal and mm-hmm. forge ahead. You know, it's not about um, it's a, and I understand it's a different animal, but you you don't want to be voicing displeasure and discontent and be divisive. That sort of stuff is uh, you know. That you can get out of uh, a Terrell Owens or somebody like that. You put up with it, maybe with them. I mean, yeah, there's a, a quotient if there's, he's the best player in the league, or if it's Antonio right, Brown, or you know, right, or exactly an AB, right, right, that right, that sort of thing. But you know, for the most part, when you look at it, just like you you talk about it too. I mean, he's under contract, and you know, in my belief is James is one of these solid. Uh, solid core guys that's going to come out and play hard mm-hmm. regardless. Sure. You know, so he's got a I lot think, to play for. And he's got a lot to play for, just right. like you said. Right. And so to me, it's a whole lot of hooey. And nobody's going to sit out and pay $50,000 a day or he's not going to show up and demand a trade. He has no, no, nowhere to stand to demand a trade. He doesn't have any power in this right. situation at all. I mean, Dale mentioned it as he was walking out, like you mentioned. So maybe we should have pulled him back. Yeah, in. yeah it's hey, his specialty. Yeah, sit yeah. down. Sit down here for a minute. You know, that's what the locker room's about. It's right, about right, voicing right. opinions. I mean, I assume <laughs> that the agent wants five to ten teams to have a conversation behind the scenes. Would we be interested in pursuing James Washington? Okay, it'd be a nice addition to the Falcons or whomever. You know, somebody needs a receiver. But what are you going to give the Steelers for them to say yes? Yeah, not enough. No. Yeah, and, and, it'd have to and again, to pick. me. Again, it's a highly technical term. Uh, Lam Martina knows uh, hui. <laughs> right. Yeah. right. Hui is very, very deep. And you've been around James, as you mentioned, and I've seen him from afar, obviously, or closer than that, but it, this doesn't seem like his style. You know, sod farmer, tough guy, worker. Right. You know, I, I, he's not a rockabout kind of guy. Wrestling doggies and Right, you know, right, right. You know, Brandon Cows, all that sort of stuff. I bet he doesn't want the distractions. No, I, you know what I mean. I don't believe it, and I don't believe it for a minute. And like I said, to me, it's a lot of a whole lot of nothing. Mm-hmm. You know, but I'm not a front office guy. Right, I'm right. I'm not a bean counter, and I'm not a guy that has to come to the resolution of, of you know making players happy. And I essentially come from the era of Chuck Knoll. Of course, when uh, Chuck says this is not a democracy, no. you don't have a vote in it. You you st- they still don't. I mean, contrary to popular belief, I mean, these teams still have a lot of power. I mean, even in the Deshaun Watson and Aaron Rodgers situations and stuff, they can make life really uncomfortable for you. Remember you. the quote from Chuck Knoll in 87? Free agency. I'll give them free agency. I'll cut them all. <laughs> <laughs> that, was, that was Chuck's attitude right, back right. in 87, you know? Makes sense. Yeah, it was, it was a different era, but... Again, for James, I, I don't think it's anything that uh, is going to be distracting other than just I'd putting a, a headline in the newspaper. Quick question for you. I don't know how much time we have, but would you be very comfortable with Washington as your number three receiver? Do you think he's good enough to excel in that role with a Claypool and Johnson? With a Claypool and Johnson, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I got no problems with Me too. I, I would be a high quality like number to three. See some of that, yes. Yeah, yeah. You know, having that opportunity. But, um, you know, that. 
Uh, yeah, I would. Yeah, I don't think anyone's unhappy with what he's done since he's been no, here or anything no, along those all. lines. Ne- right. The only the only unhappy thing was when he he laid out in Denver. <laughs> <laughs> right. You know, run through the ball. You know, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. and he's done that since. You right. Know? Right. No. And I even you know we even know that uh, Ben was openly you know trying to get him more playing time mm-hmm. last year. Yeah, know? it's just a tough situation. Yeah, I mean, he's it's stuck behind some good guys. No question about it. Yeah. So no, I like the player. It's a situation like that, and I know again just knowing the type of. Again, we don't know, no, but you, you know a little bit about the player and sure. the type of salt of the earth guy that James is. Background. Um, I don't I don't have any question in my mind that he's going to come out and perform mm-hmm. at such a high level. As a stealer. As I don't think stealer. he's going to be on another team next year. No. This year, right. Uh, me too. Uh, second distraction, because there's when you have distractions, there's got to be more than one. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Is Kevin Dotson a distraction to you? I think Kevin Dotson... It's an interesting thing going on here. It is, because I really think the writing's on the wall that it was just, hey, Kevin, you've played four or five games, and we liked you. We drafted you thinking you'd basically redshirt all year, but you got an opportunity, you stepped in great. But don't take it for granted. You know, you're not quite there yet. You're We're not treating you like the Castro and Pouncey and those guys quite yet. You know, you need to... You know, maybe just light a little fire under the young man. And I'm not saying he doesn't work hard. I have no idea. But something's rubbing Tomlin a little wrong about there's the no way question. he's approaching the game. Oh, he sent a message. Yeah. I mean, there's a, no doubt in my mind that It's he pretty blatant. Said, yeah, it's, yeah. It's an open message to yes. him. I, I do like the way that Mike Mike's is, what are we talking about? He hasn't done anything yet. You know, <laughs> right, and right. that's... That is the quintessential Mike Tomlin. It's not and off the cuff. That's exactly the message he wanted to send. That's the message yeah. he wanted to send. You know, the thing about Mike, and a lot of people, again, uh, go back to, because he doesn't openly berate a player, that's about as close to openly mm-hmm. berating a player as he comes to. But behind doors. I say in the media, right. Yeah, right. I mean, yeah in, in the media. He'll, you know, he very little take go to the woodshed, okay? Mm-hmm. But behind closed doors, <laughs> the man, the man <laughs> bellows, you know? And I, I know that there is. He's not bashful, huh? He is not bashful <laughs> about taking a guy to task in front of everybody, you know? Yeah. But that's why the part and parcel why the players respect Mike so much mm-hmm. and why you have over the course of, you think, 14 years. I mean, Antonio Brown had issues all along that nobody sure. knew about until the very end, right? Yeah, absolutely. You can see it, how it played out you know, when, he, when he was released. Mm-hmm. Um, Lev Bell, same thing, you know? And those type of management problems, um, those could be real distractions. Oh, those could be massive ones, but right. I don't think, in my mind, I don't think with Kevin, I think maybe it's just about getting your mind right. I think it's about coming in and, and maybe anticipating that you were, um, but, uh, you know, it was given to you, bestowed upon you, yeah. that starting assignment, which, uh, frankly, I mean, I, I was all for it in the sense of, because just assuming that he's going to do the things he needs to do, mm-hmm. um, that he was going to pick up where he left off. I thought he had an excellent rookie season. Yeah, I think he's I very really promising. think his upside was so good, mm-hmm. and I still do. No yeah. doubt about it in my mind. Whatever attitude adjustment comes about, you know, it's like, um, what's that, that story about the, the farmer, you know, with the mule and, uh, you know, he's got to get, take the mule out and plow the field and he takes a two by four and whacks the mule on the head. The guy says, would you do that for? He says, well, first you got to get his attention. And <laughs> I think maybe Kevin, you just needed to get his attention and you move forward. Uh, total prediction, but I'm guessing coward starts on Thursday. And very shortly after, Dotson's a starting left guard every day in practice and going forward. 
and you don't hear anything else about it. If it doesn't go that way, I might raise an eyebrow. If this goes on for several weeks or right. all through the preseason, he's still running with the twos. Then I'm like, ah, well, this is a little odd. But I really believe, and this might be an overly optimistic view of the situation, I think they look at Green and Dotson as eight-year starters, as foundational players, right. not the Castro and Pouncey. I mean, that's, that's lofty. No, 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 but, but you're you know talking about young people right. coming in when before DeCastro and Pouncey were DeCastro and Pouncey. Right. You were looking in them as the new, the, the new foundation stones right. for the right. offensive line. I, I bet if Kevin was sitting here and you gave him true serum, he'd be like, I hope we have our tackles, but I don't know it. But I think we – I'm pretty darn sure we have a guard in the center to build around for a long time and give him a second contract and – I'm sure him and Coach Tomlin have had this conversation. Again, I'm really looking into it, maybe too much. And if Dotson's not going to be as professional as Pounce and DeCastro and Hayward have been, like we talked about yesterday, the, the handing down the generation, right? we better get that right now because he's going to be here a long time. And oh, we yeah. need him to teach the next generation. You Nip know what I mean? In the right. Butt. You're right, right, right. You know right. what I mean? Yes. Yeah. You know, it's a matter of just calling a guy to being the player that he's player capable. I think of – uh, Marcus Gilbert, remember him? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, he took it a little while to get sure. to become the professional that he was bound to become. Mm-hmm. And and certainly, uh, I remember there was conversations with Pouncey giving a, having a little pep talk with Gilbert. Saying, really? Uh, we need, you know, I put in a word for you. Yeah, Florida you, guy. Yeah, yeah right, you right, need, right. You need to step it up and start, you know, being a, a I, mature pro. Okay. You know, and I remember that happening. So mm-hmm. these can happen. Yeah, and it's yeah, no yeah. big what deal. Is he, 23 years old or something. Yeah. Yeah, right. I mean, you, know, right. you, you go through a lot of, you know, different changes of life mm-hmm. as you move into this professional life. Um, and so for for Kevin, I, 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 you know, I've never even met him yet, which bugs. That's bugs so me, weird. You know, yeah, right. You know, because you're so used to like shaking a hand, mm-hmm. talking to him, and you get a feel for the type of man he is. Yeah. And every and by all accounts, everybody speaks so very highly of him. I think this is a blip on the radar. Uh, and maybe just an attitude adjustment. Hopefully that that'll be all. Because I think this kid is like you said, one of the foundational stones to move forward. With. I think so too. And as a player, what, I didn't know much about him because he didn't go to the combine when they picked him. You know, it's like, whoa, where'd this come from? So I did a lot of homework since then. Of course, really powerful. Gets off the ball with you know a, an aggressive run blocking mentality. Oh yeah. But what really shocked me as a Steeler, he was pretty good in protection. He was very good. In I thought he would really struggle there, and he excelled. See, I, you know, the thing about it was, I watched him. I'm like going, he makes it look too easy. Yeah, I mean, he just number one, he has an ability to stay focused and, and centered in the midst of chaos. Mm-hmm. You know, one of the things about it, sometimes you can get your eyes can take in too much, and you start looking for twists, stunts, and all okay. kinds of things. And and as the players making moves and doing things, you can kind of get lost in a moment. Um, like I, I've talked about before, Tunchilkin was great at that. Yeah, Staying yeah, yeah. focused in the midst of the storm. Um, I think Kevin Dotson is very much focused like that. Uh, he'll, he saw the games, but it was like he was centered on getting his the, the position, uh, his hands on the inside. He was always winning the inside battle. Yeah. Naturally just got to it. And uh, His I, I technique thought, and head for yes. the game seemed to be strengths already, which I'm a little surprised about. Right. You know what I mean? Right, and his his great core strength. Yeah. One of the things he's got, man, that dude is like an oak through his. his <laughs> yeah, through, he's got to be just watching some of the postures he got into mm-hmm. and how strong he was. I mean, you're sitting there going, "Okay, uh, he might not have a six pack, but that's a keg of strength." <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's a little wide. Yeah, but you know, 
Uh, but anyhow, yeah, we're gonna go. Uh, we're gonna take a break. I think both those back. distractions get cleaned up. Well, we got very one more soon. distraction Ooh, we got to okay. talk about. So, oh yeah, we got more here. More distractions. I'm distracted right now. <laughs> Dungeon Wolf in the locker room with Matt Williamson. When you want black and gold football talk, you want SNR. I was so distracted that I was distracted from the distraction. <laughs> well, that's a conundrum if I ever heard one. You know, you can only imagine what life is like inside my head for a day. <laughs> I don't want to. <laughs> yeah, nobody wants to go there, that's for sure. All right, welcome back to the locker room. Craig Wolfley, Brian Lamartina, and Matt Williamson here, along with always, always, Tunch Elkin in the spirit of the locker room. No doubt. Here. No doubt about it, in, in, indeed. All right, we're talking distractions, and... One of the distractions that eh, is a little bit of a distraction, but again, T.J. Watt and his contract, mm-hmm. and it's, it's a story. You know, it's a story. Uh, it's probably better that it's out that it, you know, that it's about the contract than all the perusing about. Uh, you know, I was sitting there looking at him, going, "I wonder if it's a hammy or something," because he was doing acceleration, right, right, right. And, you know, a slow, you know, from the from the jog uh, sprint or acceleration to sprint. And I was thinking to myself, because, you know, hammies are tricky. You never know if hammies are going to blow mm-hmm. or not. You know, He's an explosive guy yeah, and they exactly. get off and, and all so that. Right. You wonder, but uh, then Keith, Keith, Keith Butler comes out and says, you know, it's all, it's about his contract and everything. And I, I can see what they're saying. You know, Keith and I, we both come from the same era. Uh, we, we struck twice for players' rights and, you know, that sort of thing. It's... I don't know. I'm I'm kind of in a quandary over this. Hmm. This this bothers me a little bit. Maybe I'm just different generation and that doesn't bother me one bit. Yeah. To be honest yeah. with you, uh, Dale and I had a good conversation about this a couple hours ago, and I wonder if it's even somewhat of a mutual decision. You know, like did he sit down with coach and be like, "Hey, we're gonna, I really want to work on this contract. I'm not going to do team drills." And Tomlin might have been like. I Good. think he's fine with it. I think, <laughs> fine. And I, and I think yeah. you're spot on. Yeah. Now, like, what I'm talking I don't about. Nobody's upset about no, it. No, I'm an yeah. old guy. Yeah. You know, and one of the ways that this was handled back in the day was like, John Jokin didn't have a contract. And um, Mr. Rooney said, We'll take care of it. You s- stay home. Just mm. stay home. He yeah, got the yeah, Willy yeah. Wonka gold. You can't do ticket. that now, right? Well, you know, he, he's, you know, and I was wondering why don't, maybe it would have been better doing that, you know, but at least. Well, the new Knowing CBA what it doesn't let about. you do it, though. What's that? The new CBA that they just signed a year or two ago. I'll explain it to the audience a little bit. If you're not a camp, it's an NFL rule now, they fine you $50,000 a day. And remember how it used to be like, ah, we'll just wash that away when we sign the contract. They're not allowed anymore. They have to reinforce the penalty, the $50,000 fines. So you can't tell them to stay home and chill because then he owes you half a million dollars <laughs> or he could report every day and you know like Deshaun Watson's reporting every day and not doing anything yeah you know, he's not taking any reps of quarterback which I think is weird why yeah. is that a good thing but it sounds like TJ's doing individuals and you know he's a part of the team and he's certainly in all the the meeting rooms and all that type of stuff too I assume it just gets done and this is kind of like today's version of negotiations holdouts well <laughs> Again, that was you know something that that Dunch had. Uh, Larry Brown was the other one. Mm. <laughs> Larry Brown, when his knees were, it was a rough time for him towards the end of his career. He's such a great player, but he could play. And you know, I remember uh, he didn't come to camp one year, and mm. and uh, then all of a sudden he was there. <laughs> and uh, at the end, which you know that's cool. Everybody was fine with it, and that's the way I'm sure TJ will be accepted. 
You know, to I me, think, it's a, yeah, it's a, right. It's an odd way of doing business, but I guess it's that way. I know? bet his teammates totally understand, though. You know, and oh, I think yeah, the coaching I'm staff sure. totally understand. Although it's when you're there and you're sweating and you're looking and going, sure, all right. You know, that's Dale mentioned yesterday was kind of a chippy practice and it was yeah. super hot. And well, that's look over like you get the dog days of, right. of uh, summer of August, man. It's that. Let me tell you, hitting on each other all the time, three times a week during the regular season and then in training camp, you know, you get frustrated. <laughs> Yeah, I'm you, sure. you know, and guys, you know, it does. I'm ready to play another team. And, yeah, you yeah. really. It's, it's you got good. a taste I'm, of that already. I'm so glad that they had yeah. the Hall of Fame game. But uh, to me, th- all the only thing I would say is just, um, it's, it's just well, it's different. You know, yeah, it's a yeah, different yeah. era. That's all I can say. I, I just wonder if this was last year, and Watt was doing exactly what he's doing, and everyone knows he's a Defensive Player of the Year type right. superstar. Would anybody even make a difference about it? Or they're just saying, oh, they're being precautionary with TJ. You That's know? true. Because yeah, he is working. Yeah. Oh, there's no doubt about right, it. Man, right, he works right. his butt off. I watched him during practice. Sure. You know, I mean, it's not like he's standing around having a donut. And even know? Mr. Rooney came out and said, it's a priority to get him signed. Yeah. You know, like, I'm sure it could happen the next hour. I mean, it could happen any minute right. now. I mean, it just right. seems like it's a foregone conclusion. You know, it's been distraction day on the, on the the in the locker room here. You look around the, the league – it's, that's not that bad. No, <laughs> you know what I mean. Like, that's, that's exactly right, it. Right, right, right. That's 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 an excellent point because as you compare these minor distractions mm-hmm. as we've really laid out and talked about it, you know, with some of the other distractions that are going in the league, as you pointed sure. out, uh, it, it is um, you know it's it, it's nothing. It's a molehill compared right. to and they've done a great on. job of making keeping it a molehill. You know, I mean, I think that's been a priority since the AB love stuff is. We're not going to bring in distractions as much as we might have before and learned our lesson a little bit. And Tomlin handles it so incredibly well to begin oh, with, does. as does the organization. Yeah. But not only do they don't have a Aaron Rodgers, Deshaun Watson, huge thing looming, or Carson Wentz, you know, under the knife already, and Quentin Nelson. How but they that? don't even have like a... They both, what, they I know. step on each other's foot. <laughs> What's they going on kind of, in the yeah? What's the going water on there, with, right. the, with, with the cold? Exact same injury. Yeah, yeah very strange. Crazy. But they don't even have a big name guy, Saquon Barkley. You know, returning from injury. When's right. he going to be ready? Joe Burrow. You know, when's he going to be ready? You know, they don't even have that kind of stuff looming. So distraction wise, we talked in the last segment. I think Dotson and Washington probably aren't going to even be talked about a week or two from now. You and know, probably probably never going to be brought up again. Watt probably, as soon as he signs that contract, there won't be any discussion right. about it either. Take everyone out to dinner and everyone's thrilled. And, you know what I mean? Like, there you go. They're not much. I mean, I bet there's going to be bigger ones in the horizon than what they're doing no now. No question about you know? it. And one thing I, bought, I was firmly convinced is this, this is the thing with TJ. TJ's one of those guys, if you watch him, he works on his own so very well. Mm-hmm. I mean, he doesn't sit around and just stand there and watch. Uh, he's going to work the pads. He's going to work his hand, uh, his hand fighting techniques. You know the close quarter uh, combat that he that he needs to do. I mean, you watch him; he's like a karate master. He starts doing things like you know, no, oh, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, Mr. Miyagi. Right. Yeah, he's not going to sit around and eat donuts like you said. Right. Yeah. Right. No, I would. I would sit around <laughs> and some donuts. You know, there's no question. I might attack a few donuts on, in practice. <laughs> Certainly, you know, you watch him. He's he gets the most out of whatever he spends on the field. Mm-hmm. And my point is, I guess you know. Coming from my era, it's one of those things that I could go, yeah, I don't I don't know. You know, get out here and go. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Right, right, I right, could, right. And remember this. My second contract, I, I came to camp, and I didn't sign it until in between the first two practices. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, I mean, think think if you could do this today. 
The whole reason I did it was they hadn't got the contract done. I didn't want to hold on. I'm not one of those yeah, holdout yeah, guys, right. you know. And of course, it was heavily frowned upon, anyhow. But uh, Mr. Rooney said, "Wouldn't have went over well with that no, I'm sure. Exactly. Right, right. But Mr. Rooney said, "Craig, go to camp. You're good. We'll take care of it." Mm-hmm. You know, and I, I got. He gave and me the his beauty word of this organization. Said, yeah. you, you take that word for. I did. It yeah, was, right, that was right. lock solid. Yeah, yeah. So there I was getting the physical in between practices <laughs> and signing, <laughs> signing the up. Yeah. So it, it was interesting. It was crazy. Uh, the, the last TJ note I really have is, and again, this is secondhand information, but it sure sounds like. He's been very involved in giving Highsmith tips and the young right. guys and Roche and those guys. You know, like he's starting to be an older guy around here, and he'll probably learn a thing or two from Ingram. But he's also going to teach the young pups at that position too. And it's not like he's, you know, being hard to deal with or anything. Oh I'm no, sure. no, right? You know what I mean? No, no, he's a team player. Yeah, he's yeah, obviously yeah. a team player. I mean, you look at again the the counseling he can give too, and the mentorship he can provide for the Quincy Roches and the other young guys that are Absolutely. out there. Um, you know, I, I, I think his presence is, is, is needed. And, you know, he, he's one of those guys that he's one of those guys that in the room, this is what it looks like to be a pro. Yeah. You right. Know, right. Right. Goes about his business. Uh, he's, I'm he's, sure he learned a lot from his big brother too. Exactly. And, right. 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 You know, just so, so passing it down, like we often talk about. No question. Yeah. So, uh, you know, speaking of Quincy Roche, since you were there, what'd you think about him? I thought he looked pretty good. I thought he looked pretty good. And to be honest, he was one of the guys I was shocked lasted as long as he did in the draft. I thought he was a, a awfully good college player. This probably a rotational edge guy, you know, throughout his career, probably mm-hmm. not a, a, a superstar starter or anything like that, but he made plays. Um, special teams will be absolutely key for him as well. And I can't really comment on that one way or another, if that's good or bad. Um, but I think there's something there. I like Jones. Um, that Jameer Jones is uh, impressive. Yeah. This guy's always showing up around right. the pile and around the ball. Yeah. He's a powerful guy. I mean, he stays square to the line of scrimmage. He doesn't get moved easily. He's useful. And with all respect to Ola and Chick and some of the guys they've had, I like this group of backups, you know, bottom of the roster guys at outside linebacker a lot better than the groups we've seen in the last 10 years or so. No question yeah. in my mind that uh, these guys are, are, are really in making some plays. I mean, Jamar Watson made some plays mm-hmm. out there. Yeah. Uh, Jameer Jones, like I said, is constantly. Calvin Bundage is another mm-hmm. guy that, you know. But, uh, yeah, they show up. Uh, they, they do. And, yeah. you know, you hope that they can continue. Uh, they they seem to be like a strike force. They're out there. They, they blast away. Jameer Jones, he gained a good rush. And I could have sworn that offensive tackle from Dallas – like uh, pulled him down and, and yeah. held him and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, I think so. On a too. couple of rushes because he really got the edge on a couple of guys. Absolutely. And, you know, I know it was second-half stuff, but at the same time, man, I mean, you can only play the guys that they put out, out oh, there. Oh, right. You yeah. Know. Yeah, there's no excuses there for who you're playing against, in my opinion. Bud's a very good player and a very unique and powerful player. Talking that, about Dupree? Dupree. Okay. That looks like a first-round pick. You know, oh, I mean, yeah. like, I mean, he's, he wow. so strong. So strong and so explosive in a straight line. I think I'll take this group of outside linebackers over last year's, though. You know, the Highsmith, a year older version, Ingram in the mix, a couple of these young guys think, we talk about. Honestly, I think Highsmith, man, his upside is so big right now. He's really intriguing. I, you know, from the moment he, he, he I, I saw him in the first couple, you know, practices, I go, oh, man. <laughs> this is, dude. Well, again, he came to the walk and you're looking and go, all right, he he wasn't eating donuts all yeah, off season, yeah. you know. He's been doing the work, uh, obviously. He was doing his work. He was lifting the weights. He was getting the job done. And when you watched him 
uh, put it out on the field. He was dominating from from day one in practice, mm-hmm. and then he went out on the game and he dominated pretty much. You know, all Without reps question. that he was there. And, uh, he's uh, passing I, every test with flying colors. Yeah. You know, was, you know, you hear from the national media a lot, not the local. Boy, they're going to be missing Dupree. There's big step down. This young guy from a small school is he ready? It's nothing to do with Dupree. This guy's ready. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I would be just fine there. Yeah, nope. I think he'll abuse one-on-one matchups a lot this year, and he's going to get a lot of them. Well, the fun thing will be is, yeah, because he's going to have an opportunity to get a lot of one-on-ones. Oh, you know yeah. what I mean, with you think about the other killers in that front line. I mean, you got Cam Hayward, you got Stephon Tuitt, and of course TJ on the other side is a mm-hmm. bookend. Mix in Ingram, and Tyson's a really good player. Yeah, and, you know, Bush Blitzen. I mean, their front seven's a handful. It is a handful. And, I mean, just you know, I, I love watching the battle with Tyson and Kendrick Green because Tyson is giving Kendrick all he can do. You know, I mean, just absolutely giving him everything. He'd be because, a good guy to go against as a rookie too. Well, because he can do thing. a lot of things, and he's a well. Bat, Tyson and, is know. strong, but he's also so good with his uh, close quarter combat mm-hmm. techniques. You know, his hands, knocking hands down, uppercuts, swims, things like that. You don't see that from a nose tackle. Right. I mean, from a strict, normally a a straight-on nose tackle. You don't see stuff like that. Like, I'm sure Kendrick Green would get a lot better playing against Steed or Hampton or a traditional Steeler nose tackle. But you don't face many of those in the league now. You know, playing against the Lualu every day is more useful to me because that's no what you deal with across yeah. the league now, you know. That's the that's the iron sharpening iron, yeah. you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well said. Back in the locker room with Matt Williamson and Brian Lamar- Lamartina. You know, you should be like a car. It sounds like a car. A a fast one. Yeah, fast one. Fast like Italian boom. one, right. I'd be a small, slow car. <laughs> I'd be like a Yugo. You go. See, I'm thinking it'd be like a, a Ferrari and a Lamartina. Right. You know, I mean, but that's re- what I'm thinking. But reliable, you get 100,000 miles yeah. out of it, great on gas. You know, there's something to be said for that. I mean, you won't grow up in style, <laughs> but, but it'll, get you. it'll get you there year after year. It's great. <laughs> oh, that's tremendous. <laughs> you won't roll up in style. No, I think you can. Reliability's big. A Lamartina. I like that, man. Ferraris, Lamartinas. Indeed. All right. Getting back to some football rather than talking about cars. You know, it's interesting because we're coming now, heading to Philadelphia, and we're a couple days out. Next step in the process of, and I love how Mike Tomlin uh, takes the time to describe the processes that the players go through about building their pregame rhythm, their two-day out, three-day out routines that you have because you want to be body ready and, and mindfully uh, be present, ready to you know, get the job done. So you have to go about walking, what I used to call walking the zone, which was the last 24 hours, basically. 24, 48 hours where you, the final preparations as you prepare to undertake another game. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's how the young men go about the job of getting it, getting it done. And part of it has to do with travel. It has to do with, you know, what you eat the night before a sure. game, the day Pre-game of the game. meals and, yeah, right. Exactly. I, I found this out. Number one, night games, you got to take a nap. I actually, it's funny you brought up night games. That's going to be my next question to you is, as a player and being around so many players, I get the impression a lot of players have a hard time with a Sunday, Monday, Thursday night game just because that whole hotel time during the day. Oh. Like, what do you do? You got to take a nap. Yeah. I, I you know, and it's really hard because one of my first experiences was, and I talk about the mental gymnastics that you have to go through as you prepare to play the game. So you get down, you study your playbook, you get in the theater of your mind, you get. Put yourself in all the positions you're going to be in, 
whatever defense, a 4-3-3-4, stack over, stack, you know, under, you know, all the different defenses that you're going to face on each and every play and go over your assignments. Then you work on your techniques and things like that. And you've got to do that repetitiously over and over again. But, you know, you start doing that and, and your adrenaline starts to kick in. I bet, right. Like down right play. Yeah. You've got to learn how to shut it down because by the time – you don't want to get too high or too low. I remember sure, yeah. kickoff, and back in our day, kickoff came at 9 o'clock Eastern time. That's when, mm. oh, yeah, it okay. was, that that was late. 9 o'clock Eastern time, we kicked the ball off. And I got to tell you, I mean, I remember first game was the Meadowlands, the Giants, and I was yawning. <laughs> you know what I mean? Here, I, you know, sure. because I was, I was just, I had been. Body need doing, more oxygen, yeah. Doing the whole mental gymnastics all day long, and your adrenaline kicks in, and all of a sudden you're tapping into the reserves that you need for the game. And I had to learn the, the art of really di- mentally distracting yourself, um, not thinking about the game for periods of time. And when you do the mental gymnastics, to leave it void of emotion mm-hmm. and those sorts of things that that make you know your heart pick up, and you know because you, you got you really you got to conserve all your energy. I've heard the hardest thing is Super Bowl. Because it's oh, a really weird imagine. time, you know the, the anthems going off. There's every camera in the place is 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 going. It's a long anthem. Planes are flying overhead. Right. I mean, even Brady's heart probably pumps a little harder. You know, like the and then half times longer. It's just everything's weird about the routine, and it's bigger, and it's you know means the more, and is the pressure so and, ginormous. Right. I was with Randy Grossman and, and Chuck Batch yesterday, and we were doing a Q and A thing. And um, they were talking about the pressure pregame of the Super Bowls. You know, between the two of them, you got six Super Bowl rings. Mm-hmm. You know, and it, it's funny because I was the only one up there without a Super Bowl ring. Oh, well. That's <laughs> yeah, all right. I'm a, I, you know, what are you going to do? I mean, it's just, it, it, it is they don't what just it is. just give them out to anybody. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> great one. That I don't have good. one either. Brian that, doesn't that have one. That was a great yeah, spectrum. Right. They don't give them out to just anybody. <laughs> Oh, that's beautiful. It's a pretty select crew. Absolutely. Right. So we're sitting there. We're talking about the pressure. And I was remembering Troy Aikman. Uh, Aikman said before uh, one of the Super Bowls, he said, my biggest fear, he said, is I waited for the player introductions. When you run on a field, is that pressure I felt was feeling was so enormous. I bet. He said, I was afraid my knees were going to buckle and my legs would give out and I would just fall down. Yeah, yeah. You're running. Because your legs feel really jellified, you know. I mean, and it's funny because even though I I not don't have any, as Matt says, they don't give that just anybody, <laughs> right. all right. But I have broadcast three Super Bowls. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah. So you've been around, and right, I remember right. Super Bowl forty. I was feeling a little jellified right before kickoff. It was so enormous, and I remember that Clark Hagen's. I, I, I was standing on the sidelines, and Clark went on the field. Also, he turned around and one of them came, slapped me. He would, you know, slap me five sometimes before the game, you know. And and it was just, I think it was just such tension and everything. It was like I just need to loosen up here, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? That was Clark. I mean, it's a big know? game for you too. Doing oh, what you it was did for a living, it was of course, course right? Yeah, absolutely. You know, even though they don't just give them out, there. <laughs> no, <I'm> just, <laughs> you're up there complaining. I don't have a ring. Like yeah, a lot of people don't. <laughs> They'll just hand those out. That pressure, though, is just it. It was you know it. It is big. It is and, big. Uh, like you said, hot, think about the fact that they they increased the uh, halftime. They went from what twelve well, minutes to thirty. Right, and Michael Jackson's out there, or exactly. Beyonce or whatever. You know, right? It's, it's just a whole different situation. Um, along those lines, we talked about this slightly in the first segment. And I'm not blaming this for the reason the Steelers didn't play their best football at the end of the year. But they didn't really have a bye week. You know, talk about distractions in last week, you know, last year. And 
I guarantee Tomlin looked at their bye week, that Tennessee week like you talked about, and said, we're going to have the defensive staff game plan against the offensive staff and vice versa, and we're going to get some things done, and we're going to get better, and we're going to rest these guys, and then that all got thrown away. You know, like, back to the routines and, you know, knowing how to prepare like a professional, that got taken away from this staff and players last year, and I think that's a big deal. It is a big deal. You yeah. know I mean? Because, as I said, it's not about just the in-week preparation, but when you get to that last 24, 48 hours, which includes, you know, um, just buttoning everything up on the last 48 hours and the last 24 may include travel time or it may include, you know, just being at home, mm-hmm. you know, and that's always a problem too because when you're at home. home's not always easy. No, yeah. because, you know, if you're a married guy. Philip you know, Rivers you, with seven kids. <laughs> <laughs> like, get out of here. <laughs> How much did on the road did he want to be, you know? <laughs> right. I mean, think about it because when, when you're a married guy, you've, you, you've got situations where, you know, you've got family coming in and you're mm-hmm. a husband you're a father, you know. I mean, you're a or teammate. What if you don't have a good family life? You oh know, yeah, it's a bad situation. I mean, not everyone has a rosy at home. Exactly. You know, right, right. So that's when you go to the hotel early. <laughs> I gotta go, hon. By the way, one of the greatest stories ever. Love this guy, Brian Blankenship. Do you ever? Yeah, yeah. You remember him? Mm-hmm. All right. He went to uh, Nebraska. You know. Well, we were at the eighty. I think it was eighty-seven. He made the the team, and nobody thought he'd make it. He was a free agent. He made the team, and we were at the hotel the night before the game for the season opener, right? So we're in there where the burger station was. They had some food in a little room, mm-hmm. you know, there. So we'd, we'd go to the hotel like 8 o'clock the night before a game, and you check in, and then, you know, everybody locks down for the night and so forth. So we're, I'm sitting there with Tunch, and Blanket Chip comes in the room, and Brian was always one of these guys. He was very gregarious, you know, and kind of a larger-than-life personality. Okay. You know, they, they his nickname was Barney Rubble, you uh-huh. know? <laughs> He was really funny, just a great guy. He was an excellent player, too. But he comes in the room, and he goes, man, I love this pro-life. He goes, nobody thought I'd make this, and here I am at this beautiful hotel. He says, I got my new car. I drive up. I see the valet. I throw the man my keys. I flip him a 20. Mm-hmm. said, thank you, my man. And I come up here, and I, I look at the tunch. I go, there's no valet here. <laughs> right. Oh, blank was, what? <laughs> and tunch goes, yeah, there's no valet here. Oh, he took off and ran. He went. He ran down five floors rather than wait for the elevators. Went down there, and sure enough, his car was gone. Wow! You know, and I, I'm sitting there, and I go, I go, Blanky, even gave him gas money. Yeah, you tipped him to take it. <laughs> you tipped him to take it, right? Throw I go, hey, you. you know what? That that N on that Nebraska helmet stands for knowledge, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> but they found his his car like two days later in McKee's McKee's rocks. Wow. Oh, yeah. I would take it a step further, though, and when there is a valet, tell the rookies, you didn't give the car to the valet, did you? <laughs> it's like the Henway call. Right, right. right. Yeah, it's, uh, you didn't do that, did you? <laughs> Put them a little worried. But, no, that's but, good. But, you know, the whole thing is really learning that routine. And, it, sure. and I love how Mike talks about it because that's not talked about enough, the preparation that you need to undergo. And it's not about you just show up at the stadium if you're at home or you just show up, uh, you know, from the hotel to the stadium. Sure. There's preparation that occurs, and so much is is that preparing of the physical, mental, and spiritual elements of yourself uh, to be ready to, to, to go because it, the game requires so much. So much. Right, so right, right. much from you. I mean, it's everything you got. Mm-hmm. It's like wringing out a, a wet towel, you know, yeah. when you just uh, – so much of the game, when you are done, when you've spent it all and you end up – you know, in the locker room after the game's over, it is like 
it's a, it's a wild relief feeling. Mm-hmm. Oh, I can only imagine. And it seems like a small thing, but considering last year didn't have a preseason or a test run of taking rookies to the stadium and knowing what the routine is, Steelers got an extra day of it, you know? I mean, I know oh, yeah. it wasn't in an NFL stadium, but they got one more week of it for this year's rookie class and last year's rookie class that they may look back on and be like, that was beneficial, you know? Oh, I think there's no question it's yeah. going to be beneficial. Just kind of having that opportunity to ramp up to the game, be prepared, and experience the pregame, just the pregame ritual of, uh, you know, Taping up before a yeah, game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, I remember because back in the day, I used to chew Copenhagen. Man, you go through so oh, I much bet tons of, of it. <laughs> oh, right, right. man. One after another. Except or... for Mike Webster. Mike Webster had the biggest hands. He would come and take a, rob a dip off you, and he'd like take half, half the, the can, can in yeah. a pinch. I mean, his fingers were like so thick. His, <laughs> it, his fingers were like two of mine, you know. <laughs> but, you know, um, but that process of getting ready and then to actually um, go out and warm up, you, know, you have to learn that process. You yeah, you know? don't want to leave it all on the field before the whistle even starts. No, yeah. Right, right, <laughs> yeah right. How, how bad is that? Right, you know, you're, right. you're oh, I'm ready to go. You're like, yeah. I'm exhausted. I, I bet rookies have a hard time with that. And I mean, I know we don't have a ton of time, but you also have to kind of pace yourself that I'm still a really good player in week 15 and 16 in playoffs, too, that I didn't totally burn out over a long season, too. Oh, there's no question. Yeah, there's an art to that. I'm not. You know, I, I really don't believe in the rookie burnout. Yeah. Um, the wall, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I do believe that because of the extensive scouting and, and, and stuff that they undergo, you know, in the off season, it makes for a longer year where guys can get, oh, yeah. get worn down. But as far as that, we didn't experience that. You know, mm-hmm. it wasn't like, I didn't even, they didn't even take me to Indy, you know. Because I always told my kids, I was just so good. They knew that I didn't, didn't, I didn't need to go, to, go to the. Didn't <laughs> need to waste go my there. time with that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's all how you spin it to your kids, right? Indeed, it's good no. stuff. Yeah, it is. But you know that process again that they're undergoing. I think that um, it's it's so valuable, and the fact they have it this year mm-hmm. versus not having not it last having it year. Last year is, I don't know how any of those guys really that, right. La- strange, last year, the chaos. Year last year. Yeah, th- yeah, there was just way too much chaos last year. No. All right, are we are we going no. to break? Okay, <laughs> I, I was just making sure because we got our Ferrari Lamartina revved up over there, ready to go. We got more coming up in the next hour. It's Tunch and Wolf in the locker room with Matt Williamson right here on SNR. <laughs> All right, Matt, you're going to play Stump the Wolfly. <laughs> it's, it's not a real tough one, but... Well, hey, let me just tell you, it's been tried before, and it's been successful many times. <laughs> well, I figured this is our last half hour together before kickoff on Thursday. So, Dale asked me this earlier, who are you excited to see on Thursday? I mean, down the, down the line, guys. You know, who are you intrigued with that you want to see more from? Who do you want... You know, to show up for the first time, mm. Jukes maybe, or you know what I mean, right? I mean, like, right. Who are you excited? To, who, who your eyeballs going to be on Thursday okay. night? You know, more right, so than others. Get... You know, give me a couple names that are exciting you there. You know, one of the things that uh, I, I really want to see is where my Buddy Johnson and UG uh, three go. Good one. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, there's an awful lot of athletic talent between these two. Yes. Um, there's also got to be a little more, uh, a little better, more stalwart run defense. From the guys, mm-hmm. um, both guys are you know the, the difficulty in dealing with three hundred and fifty pound mastodons uh, is obvious. You know, yeah, yeah, I yeah. mean, 
when you're when you're more along the hybridish, and that's more of uh, uh, today's Ulysses, NFL. Yeah, and yeah, right. it's it's, it's it's more difficult. You know, what sure, I mean? you're gonna you're, the the pile falls forward a lot more often when they get to the second level. So you know, I would like to see UG three continue and uh, see some of the good things. I want went back watched some extra film on him after the game was over, and I thought he did some really good things, small things, even watching him in his. Um, you know, coverage uh, responsibilities, and you know, I like I like what I saw. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. know. And so, I also think People that say, there's... oh, he missed a tackle. Yeah, right. Well, you know, miss tackles, um, you know right. yeah, Hardy Nickerson, who I have great respect for, great mm-hmm. linebacker years ago. Uh, he missed a few tackles. You know, Jack so Lambert used to miss a lot of tackles. Yeah, okay. Know? I mean, to go way back in time, right. but certainly uh, UG three intrigues me as does Buddy Johnson because they are both uh, incredibly gifted guys. They are quick philosophical question for you about those ki- those type of linebackers. I'm sure Chuck Knoll or even Bill Cowher would be crazy if linebackers were running around blocks, you know, in oh, those yeah. era. Now it's acceptable, you know. I mean, are you cool with that? Well, the interesting thing what's really grown even more so is you no know, Chuck was always about never it's not about just exchanging one for one, you know, mm-hmm. like, like a lot of guys you know, you'll play the spill technique. You know, you play your gap and, you know, and, okay, there. I understand in the overall scheme there is staying in your gap and then the next man has got to have his gap mm-hmm. on the run. Right, right, right. Okay. But back in my day it was about defeating the block and, and coming off and making the tackle. Sure, taking it on. Exactly. Right, right. And part of that was in how quick you would read. For instance, somebody asked me about Lambert the other day. And one of the Jack's greatest gifts was his ability to diagnose plays and – Beat guys to the punch. Sure, you know, I mean, he was he was Ray he was better than Ray Lewis at, at reading the, mm-hmm. the offenses. And Ray Lewis was exceptional. Was great, yeah. yeah Keekley comes to mind as a great one. Exactly. You know, There's right? another guy. Yeah. You know who was really one of those guys that was able to read and, and move. Hit. He was a run and hit guy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> one of my biggest pet peeves in like the scouting analysis world, they call that instincts. Mm-hmm. Great white sharks hunt seals instinctually. Right. You know, bears grab salmon out of the the, the the rivers instinctually. Linebackers don't hunt running backs and diagnose different plays from birth. This is a learned trait. It makes me crazy if they use the word like, oh, Lewis and Lambert came out of the womb learning how to diagnose right. screen passes. Like, no, they worked really hard on this stuff. <laughs> you know? Right. Right. And being able to diagnose plays and beat an offensive lineman to the spot, you know, yeah, on a right, trap right, play. Right. We saw a great example in, in camp. Proper angles. Yeah, I mean, right. I remember John Leglue, uh, pulled from the left guard, was trapping uh, Melvin Ingram. And Melvin Ingram trapped John Leglue. Okay, <laughs> I yeah, mean, yeah. you know, that was reading instantaneously. Here comes the trap. Mm-hmm. If I stay here and set the edge with, you know, on that, uh, I'm, I'm giving a 325-pounder a nice run at me from eight yards away, you yeah, know. Yeah, yeah. But if I go get him, uh, it's a different matter. Yeah, and when you get a head him. snapper because the defensive guy is trapping you, mm-hmm. um, then it upsets the uh, apple cart more or less uh, in the trap play. So, you know, those are the learned things, like you said. And it's about being able to instinctu- instinctually I – used, I used that word – but to, to um, read the, the play and then – Act upon it. Yeah. The C do. Instantly. Yeah, you know, instantly. But, and that's a reactionary thing that you learn. Sure. It's and, like learning the jab. Learn to pat the jab, 
throw a jab, you know, mm-hmm. slip a jab. Those are all learned. It's not like you come out and go, you know, I can move my head there real quick. No, you take it in the choppers a few <laughs> times way, until yeah. you learn. Yeah, right. Uh, which, again, I, I want to talk more about Gilbert and Johnson because I think they're very instrumental. Big picture. You know, when you want one of those two steps up, it would go a really long way to completing this defense, in my opinion, and, you know, years down the road. But – you know, all that stuff we just talked about, you know, the, the instinct words and reading, that's the beauty of play action and motion in those things. Right. Because if you can make them take that step a pulse later or it's a false step to the just left. Suck or just suck them up a little, just you know. Just leaning the wrong yeah. way. It's so important. And it doesn't sound like much, but, I mean, you as a blocker realize if I get to the second level and Ray Lewis or Lambert or whoever takes just a little false step, I'm going to get a better angle on him, and then they're going to run right right off my butt. And well, the whole thing game, about it is, you know? you know, in cover two, when you have a, a cover two shell, you got the middle of the field is open. You know, it's in between sure, the sure. safeties and, and the linebacker. You know, unless you play the Tampa two and mm-hmm. drop them in the right, linebacker. Right. Then you essentially turn to cover three, and that's a whole other gig. But um, when you have that, that ability to have that hole there, you know, I love uh, you know play action. Yeah, you yeah, suck yeah. those guys up. If the offensive line comes off and and gives them a good uh, run run block read, and the quarterback is good with hiding the ball. Mm-hmm. First of all, under center, come out, stick it in the belly. Of the makes back, it easier. Yeah, you know, little little stuff like that. That's all good stuff. Yeah, that's gonna you gotta you gotta sell it. The Steelers have been at the bottom of the league in play action for several years now in percentage, and it's made me crazy. Oh yeah, but I. Don't think it's because Ben doesn't hide the ball well in ball fakes and can't turn his back to the defense. Like this guy's been an 18-year veteran and is a Hall of Famer. He can turn his back to the defense and hide the ball, and he is an amazing athlete. And the the ball handling and ball fakes, I don't think there'll be any problem for him. No, I don't either. Yeah, I right. think he's, he's masterful in his craft. Yeah, you know, and we expect to see that and want to see more of it. Not the throw short, run long. But the, the mastery at the quarterback position, some of it, I always go back to, what was it, Philadelphia, when you get Chase Claypool on a, a linebacker, sure. Josie Jewell, and, and you win the game because you have a total mismatch. That's mastery at quarterbacking. Yeah, You've created right, a situation right. that you got a lockdown linebacker on a, on a wide receiver. Boom. All right? That's part of mastery. The other part is, back in my day, Boomer Esiason. Oh, he was Boomer so Esiason yeah. was so good at bootlegs and play action. Play action, and, hiding the ball. Yeah, I mean, really you know, he, they yeah. changed it. He, he was so – I, again, I, I was in uh, Times Square. Tunch and I, one time, we're watching a guy do a three-card money. And he's moving the cards. He's like this and that. And then, you know, he's taking people's money left and right. Mm. No, I didn't step up. No, I did not. <laughs> and I couldn't, I couldn't figure it out. I was just watching it. You know, there's a lot of people left with less money than they came forward with. Um, this guy was really good. And to me, you know, that's part of the beauty of uh, the craftsmanship of playing quarterback. When you can add the bootlegs, the play action, and the mastery at hiding the ball and doing something that makes the defense, you know, pause, Just a uh, little. move. You don't need much. Yeah, it's, it's not yeah. much. And, and Boy, it Boomer comes with – Boomer you're right. Oh, Boom, Boom was so good at it. Yeah, that's funny. I haven't thought about that in a long time. But yeah. that was, like, well-known. And I mean, Absolutely. Right. And he, he – you know, it, I, that's what Ben's capable of doing. Yeah. Look, I love the fact you – right now they're doing a little bit of launch point movement. You know, they, mm-hmm. they, they've done some stuff where the, the quarterbacks are able to move a little. And that's – I think that's great. Yeah. You yeah. know, the fact is – the thing that you hate is it's three-step, five-step. You know, in my day, there was nine, nine step drops. Wow. You know, um, 
you know, they knew where the quarterback's going to be mm-hmm. all the time. Yeah. You know? So to me, I'm just I like what I see thus far. Uh, more and more, you want to see that uh, play action happen. But again, it's going to be about getting that running game going so that the play action is actually a threat. Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned the the quarterback movement, and and you brought up a couple times. Haskins has thrown the ball really well on the move, you know, yeah. without question. And it's not the most athletic threesome of quarterbacks, to be very honest with you. But I really wonder down the road, assuming they stick with Canada, the next guy, if he's not here, will we see a lot of that? I bet you do. You know, I bet you see a guy that's light on his feet, that rolls out a lot, boots, you know, nakeds, all that type Misdirection of stuff. Misdirection to me is so yeah. big. Yeah. You know, because you got defensive end. And, you you know, got right. your pre-snap shiny stuff, and you got your post-snap shiny yeah, stuff. Right, things right. that collectively it, it creates, you know, that hesitation, that one moment where where's the ball or what what's happening. You know, I mean that sort of thing. And I thought Josh Dobbs again mm-hmm. um, did a masterful job on a number of occasions when he had a reverse rollout. And he's yeah, throwing the a, ball across his body. That's a hard throw. Uh, it is. It's a hard, a hard throw. throw. He dropped yeah. one to Trey Edmonds, who, by the way. Trey Edmonds has been showing some nice offensive skills this camp. Yeah. Out running he seems the ball. Like the forgotten guy, the ball. Yeah. I mean, he's put some yeah. quality reps in here and he's a good special teamer and right. I wouldn't count him out quite. No, yet. yeah. Right. I mean, between Derek Watt, uh Trey Edmonds and Kellen Balage, mm-hmm. you got three studs there, man. Yeah, These you guys got some are, guys. Yeah, they're physical. I'm excited to watch more Balage. Um I'm hoping Snell gets on the field soon. I mean, yeah. he could get kind of forgotten here soon if he doesn't, you know, I'd be a little worried if I were him. Yeah, I would. I would feel. I would be feeling a little bit of uh, tension. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, what I mean, uh, hello. Right. I'm still around, right. uh, and I I need to get out here. And you know, we we <laughs> saw Anthony McFarland make a hit on a kickoff. Yeah, exactly. You know, exactly. Hey, he's returning. And, absolutely, you know, right, right. he's out there doing some things on the special team. Benny needs to do some things on the special team if Absolutely. he's going to be sitting around. And I'd imagine if he's healthy, he'll get several series as the true ball carrier. And I think he's a get better as he touches the ball more type of guy. No question. I yeah. think he's one of those guys, as you said, the more he gets the ball, he gets fed the ball, the better he gets as he goes on. But um, let's face it, when you get got Najee, you're not, you're not going to be. Right. I mean, you, you're it's just have, the way his league works. Like, yeah, you've got to – guys, the guy that uh, has impressed me right now is Kalen Balazs mm-hmm. in, in just inserting him, and he's productive. You know, he's he's studly, productive. Mm-hmm. You know, whether it's running the ball, he stiff arms, boom, runs over a guy, caught a ball, a ball or two. And, he catches and, the ball very well. Yeah, he and he'll did. run away from people, too. Yeah, like, and he'll run over people. Mm-hmm. You know, that's a nice little pickup they have. That there, is indeed. He's going to be, no one's as talented as Harris on in that backfield. Right. And he's clearly the guy, and he's going to get a ton of touches. But I think they look at Balaj and say, he can come in and give me a series or two and let Najee get some, you know, Gatorade. We're not going to lose a ton. We can still do what we do right. with the same play. He's going to be productive in right. whatever shoehorn of a, the offense he's going to take. Mm-hmm. You know, he's not going to have all the same elements available to him like Najee. Um, Trey Edmonds is another guy that I look in the same light. He provides similar in the sense that you know, giving him having you know a few running plays or pass plays, whatever, but or blitz pickup that sort of thing. He's going to provide some sort of positivity, but he doesn't. He's a plug-and-play guy. Uh, Anthony McFarland is one of those guys I think is he needs a few reps to, to warm up to me. Yeah, um, I think he's guys still that, swimming a little bit too. You know, what's I, that? I think he's still swimming a little bit, you know, speed of the game. and Right. Uh, this preseason I think will do him wonders, and missing it last year I thought really hurt him. I mean, some of his touches in the regular season, 
seemed like there was a lot of this and flailing and but you weren't really going anywhere you know like right. you don't need to do all that stuff here just just hit it and forget it you know yeah you know um and then jalen samuels to me they can't he's a mystery man to me yeah i don't how do you how do you go rush his rookie year 100 what 40 50 yards he had it against the patriots and then you just disappear i hate to say it but i think belichick wanted you to hand it to him over and over and over I mean, I think uh, the game plan was if you're going to keep handing yeah, it to him, yeah, but we'll I don't think you're, you're sitting there going. It wasn't like let him bad. No, but it's not like you're sitting there going, let him be. We're successful not going to tackle him. Or, no, no. Yeah, but I, I think yeah. they were. Unlike what I said about Belage, I, I think Samuel is a specialty player. You can't run the same offense, the Harris offense, with him. And I think he just screams, "We're going to throw the ball or do something unorthodox when he's on the field." That he's too much of a tell. You're not going to keep him in for blitz pickup. And that, too. Right. That's the problem. That's... And if you're going to be a passing game back and you can only go out, well, everyone knows it pretty quick. <laughs> you know. I will say this. I have been really impressed, like everybody else, with Najee. Um, just the fact that – you see him yesterday, he jumped over a guy. You remember <laughs> remember that we saw him on, on film jump over a guy? Well, the guy caught part of him, so he got dumped. Yeah. But, you know, it was still impressive. I love how he responds to those things, like the one-handed catches that are over his head and those type of plays that most players don't make. And then the media brings it up to him. He's like, well, yeah. I mean, like, he just – it's very nonchalant about it. Like, that's right. what I've been doing my whole life. This isn't news for me. I mean, that's what I expect out of myself. You know, just, oh, okay, cool. Yeah. Good to have you. You, you know, know, he, he nonchalantly loves – or apparently loves to be challenged. Mm-hmm. He's, he seems to be – you know, he speaks of it in his post-practice uh, sessions and stuff like that. And, you know, Mike Tom has referenced his demeanor and yeah, stuff yeah. like, you know, the, that, those sorts of things. So you look at that and you say, well, by golly, you know, I mean, this guy is that much of a competitor and he's looking to always challenge himself. Mm-hmm. That's that's pretty rare. Uh, supposedly he has a Antonio Brown-like work ethic, which is extreme. Yes. You know. There's no question. I've always said – Whatever you want to say about Antonio, whatever you want to, you know, whatever. But uh, you can never say that he didn't work harder oh. than just about anybody I've ever seen on the Maybe field. Maybe do a fault. I mean, just, I mean, just all, all the time. Absolutely. All right, we'll go to Good break. Stuff. We'll be back with more here in the locker room. Welcome back to Bell Lap for in the locker room with Tonchin Wolven, Matt Williamson, and of course Brian Lamartina, who is. Uh, the Ferrari of the <laughs> program directors around here. <laughs> yeah, go out and drive that Lam Martina, man. <laughs> Don't give the uh, the valet your keys in the Oh yeah, we learned sure, that. Right. That was one of uh, Uncle Wolf's uh, storytelling <laughs> <Right>. sessions. <laughs> I like that one. Exactly. All right, we got the uh, Eagles game coming up here in yeah. a couple of nights. What are you looking for? Uh, what? Uh, just a few things. What are a couple things? A couple things. Um, certainly. The slot corner situation, I want to see that get a little bit firmer. But it sounds like Brooks isn't a sure thing to play, so maybe we'll see, Ooh. you know, right. um, Shakir Brown maybe get some reps there with something I'm, I'm kind of interested in. Certainly want to see the rotation performance of the non-starting defensive linemen, you know, four through eight. You know, there's some young guys there, including Warmly, who's not a young guy, but I think a lot needs to shake out there, and I think that's an impressive and, and you know, something to keep an eye on. Sort of true with the outside linebacker spot too. You know, there's some quickly uh, depth growing there. That's right. some good players that are going to be fighting for battles. 
How about Chukes at left tackle, though? I'm interested to watch yeah. it very, very much so. And that's one of the guys that, uh, you know, you think about with Zach Banner. Um, Zach doesn't look like he's – it looks like he's he's got to have some more work, you know. Okay, he's, yeah. He's, uh, you know, keep coming along. I think um, between Devin and Zach, I think Devin's, you know, a little further ahead in his rehab. Okay. I mean, Zach is, is coming along, and it's yeah, all part it's of it. Yeah, it's not an overnight just, thing. Yeah, I mean, it's different body types. I mean, he's well, that's yeah, a large yeah. man. That's a large man. You know, right. that being Zach. And, uh, Pretty safe to say he won't play Thursday, right? Yeah, I, yeah. I, I wouldn't think. I okay. Wouldn't think. But I would, I would, I'm hoping that Chooks will play. Yeah. And uh, I'd like to see him come along and do some of the things that he's capable of doing. I mean, because uh, Dan Moore is, has gotten some good reps, and I, I look forward to seeing him perform again. He's got but, a lot of uh, work. Yeah, Chooks, yeah, Chooks looks stronger. He looks... I don't know, a little more confident, you mm-hmm. know. I mean, part of you think it's a left-right tackle thing. Uh, I being more comfortable. I think he's comfortable. If, yeah. I think he's left-handed, but I'm not sure. Oh, is he? I he if he's not, he's adjusting well to the left okay. side. I mean, that's what he did you in know. college, and that's yeah. Well, he was a hockey. He was a soccer goalie. You know, I mean, hmm, I didn't know that about. Yeah, America. I mean, think that big body playing soccer. All right, goalie. that's a lot of lateral yeah. agility. There's some, there's some corollary there yeah. to playing tackle. I Absolutely. never thought of that. That sports reference, but yeah, yeah you, you know, know move I've, left I've and had right to lay and... out a few times to save my quarterback. <laughs> yeah, right, right, right. <laughs> like the soccer goalies, you sure. know, the penalty kicks, positioning, and yeah, yeah, there's some, there's you know, just when you have there. one of those uh, heart attacks in the corner. <laughs> <laughs> but, but of the starting type Throw guy. The ball! <laughs> Of the starting type guys, though, he's going to be high on my list. You know, guys we didn't see yes. week one that we're going to see now. What uh, if we're going to see Devin? That would be great. But I, I would really keep him in bubble wrap. I'm not rushing him back. I I I know, but I gotta I gotta I need to let him in my mind. I need to let him go through the pregame warmups and 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 bump get some bump. You know, even a even a series because yeah, a series he's got to build confidence in that knee. You know, that's the hardest that's thing about it. When one. you have an injured limb, you've got to yeah, build that confidence yeah. and trust it. And uh, Because otherwise, you think about it all the time. Yeah, I guess that's a good point, too. Just make sure he's super comfortable by week one. Right. And has tested it in a real game. And uh, guard or tackle has fallen at his, at his bad leg. And, you know, you don't overreact to it or favor it too much. Right. Or, you know, you see quarterbacks do that in the pocket sometimes and they come back from knees and – a lot of big bodies falling around you, and it's hard to it's, protect yourself. It's scary. Yeah. yeah. You know, I mean, when I first came back after my uh, knee surgery, um, John Culp said I looked like a cat on a hot tin roof, you know, mm-hmm. lifting my leg up all the time. Anytime it was bumped. Yeah. You know, I mean, I got, which was every play. It's not even a conscious decision. Yeah, it's, it's just, just your right, reaction. Your body. Yeah, your body. Like, no, body, I don't want right, to blow right. out another ligament. No, you know? <laughs> right, right. So um, I, I, I'm hoping, I'm hoping that, because you still got to, you got to get out there and you got to play a little bit. And if you... A judicious thing might be, uh, you know, uh, ten plays, you know, yeah, eight yeah, plays, yeah, something like that. Where take on a guard, make yeah. a tackle, you know, and you break come out pass. of that and you go, you know what, that felt pretty good. Yeah, you know, yeah. you go Not back super sore the next day or exactly. whatever. Yeah, I guess it so, is a process, and it is a process time to do it. Yeah, yeah. So you get them in now. The other thing I'm interested in this, and I'm I'm really curious. There was only seven penalties the other night, and I'm yeah. thinking, you know, we talked about this. And I was thinking. I wonder if the NFL said, ah, you know, keep the flags in the pocket. Because we've had flag fests in the preseason where you got 30 flags dropping and mm-hmm. stuff. And I'm wondering, you know, with the, you know, the, we've got a live crowd in Canton, Hall of Fame. Keep the flags in your pocket. But 
it's Philadelphia. Makes the viewing a little easier. Right, but yeah. now it's Philadelphia. What do you think the over-under on, on over seven flags is? That's actually a really good conversation. I think we go over. Are I we think gonna we go, go back over. To, is holding illegal, illegal again? You know, I'm curious about that. It's a great point Have about we the whole fixed thing past and, defense? Right, right. <laughs> uh, you know, uh, you're right, though. I mean, the Hall of Fame game, everyone tunes in for, and then they quickly tune out because I don't know any of these players. Right. But you start seeing flags, you're going to tune out even quicker. Right. I bet that was from above. I and saw some instances where guys got away with things that I thought, you know. That's pretty. Yeah. Yeah, I think you're right. You and know. I kind of took it as maybe we'll see less flags this year, but I think that was just that game probably. Yeah. Probably. Well, you know what? I will be very pleasantly surprised if there's less than seven, you know, flags total. I agree, but it really bothers me that holdings became legal last year. <laughs> and it really hurt the Steelers. I mean, when you're built on a pass rush on a defensive line like that, that hurt them more than most. Matt, teams. I tell you, every single holding call that I ever got, I need, I, I should get a uh, uh, a letter of apology from the officials. <laughs> you know, I mean, seriously, for what? Well, except for one, there was one time that <laughs> one I really that was really yeah. bad. That happens one to everybody. Yeah. But I will finish with this: the great Alan Fanica, over his uh, 13-year career, illustrious, over 200 games, only four holding it's penalties. Amazing. I was like. Pfft. That's the one thing I'm so much better at, at than Allen. I got four in one game. <laughs> four is nothing. What's four? I got, I got four in one game, Allen. I'll see how much better I was at that than you. You're a Hall of Fame holder. <laughs> That's it. Right. That's it. All right. Thanks for joining us, folks. We'll see you on the, Saturday. Oh, Saturday. That's yeah, right. right. We're back Saturday. All right. From the locker room, Tunch and Wolf, Matt Williamson. We'll see you then. This is Black and Gold Fan Heaven SNR.